Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of the prophet Ezekiel in the 34th chapter, beginning at verse 11 and continuing through verse 16. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out, As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture, and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away, bind up the broken and straighten what was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. This morning's New Testament reading is from Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 15 to 23 again. I would invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you. As I remember you in my prayers, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power? God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Here ends this reading. From God's holy word. Our appointed New Testament text from the epistles this morning is taken from the beginning of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Now, it seems to be quite providential as this happens to be the very book that we have been studying recently in the Friday morning men's Bible study and prayer group over across the river. And a couple of months ago, when I was down on Chincoteague taking care of Rhonda following her surgery, I had the opportunity to attend a 
in-person Sunday morning worship service there. And at that service, the pastor told his congregation that he believed that he had been given a message from the Lord to take to his congregation coming from the first chapter of the book of Ephesians. I think he was right. As I have reread these verses in the days leading up to this special day on the church calendar that we call Christ the King Sunday, I too believe that the Lord has a word for his people here, a word that begins with thanksgiving. Yes, thanksgiving. I know, I know, it's now become a dirty word. And while it has yet to make it onto George Carlin's outdated list of things that you cannot say on TV, it is becoming popular nonetheless. Activists are telling us that Thanksgiving evokes all the worst memories of a repressive past of colonial expansionism and the subjugation or eradication of indigenous people and the dehumanization of other populations. And we're being told by the governing authorities that Thanksgiving is a relic of a bygone era, a bygone era when we were free to associate and even celebrate with people of our choosing and to gather together with family. In the modern pandemic era, we're reminded we need to jettison all these frivolous traditions and remain in our bubbles and our bunkers with fear and trembling awaiting the long expected and highly anticipated coming of the medical messiah, the salvation of the scientists, the victory of the vaccine. But this thanksgiving is just the place the Apostle Paul begins in his letter to his brothers and sisters in the faith at Ephesus. On thanksgiving of the reputation that they have for faith and love, he says, he continues to give thanks for them. And he is right to have done so, as the steadfastness of believers, such as those he's writing to in the Ephesian fellowship, is to be celebrated, it's to be encouraged, it's to be praised, it's to be emulated, and it's to be appreciated. How much more, then, ought the steadfastness of Jesus be celebrated, encouraged, praised, emulated, and appreciated? For as good as the Ephesians may have been at bearing witness to the way, how much more excellent is the way and the truth and the life himself? That is what we take time to reflect on today. This Christ the King Sunday. That, as we sang earlier, Jesus shall reign where'er the sun does its successive journeys run. Paul writes here about the power which Jesus has been endowed by the Father, power that was manifest in his resurrection and in his ascension to the throne of power from which he now reigns. What makes this particularly notable 
and music to the ears of the faithful is that in so doing, in so being, Jesus is king. Regardless of who comes and who goes upon the musical thrones of men, Christ reigns supreme and eternal. His kingdom shall never end. In the midst of all the uncertainty of this world, we have, as Paul reminds us, a rock, an anchor that will hold forever. Forever. That's a long time. Jesus' earthly ministry lasted roughly three years. His passion, a few hours, though some are obsessed with it, It's reported that when Michelangelo visited several great art galleries in European cities, he was deeply impressed by the preponderance of paintings depicting Christ hanging on the cross. He asked, why are art galleries filled with so many pictures of Christ upon the cross? Christ dying. Why do artists concentrate upon this passing episode as if that were the last word in the final scene? Christ's dying on the cross lasted for only a few hours. I would add that his body lay in the tomb but three days. His post-resurrection appearances took place over the span of a few weeks, and his ascension lasted only moments but Michelangelo Concluded, to the end of unending eternity, Christ is alive. Christ rules and reigns and triumphs. To the end of unending eternity, Christ rules and reigns and triumphs. Which means that come what may, election disruptions, market disruptions, Educational disruptions, professional disruptions, health disruptions, family disruptions, social disruptions, whatever it may be, before, during, and after, Jesus is king. Because he reigns, we live as his subjects, and we have a ruler who gives his all for his people. He is the great shepherd of the flock, to use the language of the prophet Ezekiel. And he has promised to protect the sheep of his pasture, to gather us in at all costs. On this Christ the King Sunday, that's what I am thankful for. A Savior, one who rules over my life and the whole of creation. One who is unchanging and faithful to his covenant promises, even when we falter. An omnipotent potentate who loves me, who loves me enough that there is nothing he won't give to safeguard me, even and including his own life. When we think we are out of control, Jesus is in control. When we think we are in control, Jesus is really in control. In all seasons, in all generations, Jesus 
is in control. We celebrate that certainty and this assurance today as we gather together in his name and as we gather around the table that he has prepared for us, even in the midst of our enemies, all those powers that continue to argue against the cause of the Lord, all those which make false claims to the throne to subordinate authority to which they are not entitled, to all those which promote self-serving agendas while pretending to be dedicated to serving humanity, to all those that promote scarcity and want and greed, to those which promote fear of the other and fear of God. Jesus powerfully reigns over and against all these forces To our benefit. That is what we recall and give thanks for. As we celebrate the reign of Christ. Strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. Which unites us with God. And with such a great cloud of witnesses as we cannot number. Nourished at the table of our Lord. By the mystery of the sacrament which he instituted At the Last Supper, encouraged by the fellowship of the saints, we gratefully respond to the calling to which we have been called as servants of the Most High to witness through our words and our deeds to the past, to the present, and to the eternal reign of Christ. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God. And amen.